Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show group chat is brought to you by the ringer.com on the site today. You can find an excellent feature by our guy, John Gonzalez, who also hosts the Ringer NBA show Heat Check. He hung out with the Indiana Pacers on a recent West Coast swing and talked about why nobody's talking about the Pacers. Also some really good stuff with Miles Turner in that piece. John did a good job there. On the Ringer Podcast Network, you can find a slew of great shows. This week, El Jefe, Bill Simmons, is in Augusta, Georgia for the Masters. He is doing a bunch of pods from there. Yesterday, he was on House of Carbs. On Thursday, he will be on Shack House. And of course, you should also listen to the Bill Simmons podcast. We're really pulling for that pod. Hope it does well. And this week is Giant Week on TheRinger.com. And in anticipation of the April 10th release of Andre the Giant, an awesome new documentary from Ringer Films on HBO, this morning we put up a video featuring an NBA 2K simulation with Giants versus Little Guys as someone who is there as Zach Schwartz tried to find the best execution for this video. It's a labor of love. It's, it's Zach Schwartz's 2001 A Space Odyssey. So go check that out on the Ringer's YouTube channel or any of our social media pages. And now, group chat. Basketball is very good. The Raptors are the best team in the East. Phil Jackson actually saved the Knicks. Mark L. Foltz will be an all-star next year. Basketball is very good. Hello, and welcome to the Ringer NBA show. It's Group Chat, the preferred podcast of blog boys and blog girls everywhere. <laughs> Paolo Ugetti. What's up? Justin Barrier. Howdy. Chris Ryan. We are actually live on uh, on Periscope right now to talk about Kyrie Irving, who will now, we found out from, you do it. You got you to do it. It's your bit. <laughs> Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj bomb, Kyrie. In the aftermath of the left knee surgery, Boston Celtics All-Star guard Kyrie Irving will miss the rest of the regular season and playoffs. League sources told ESPN, um, "This is Kyrie's got a bad left knee. Like that is like now the case. And you know when this trade happened, it was the Celtics were getting an All NBA point guard, an NBA an NBA Finals hero." Uh, a guy to lead their franchise to where they wanted to go back to the to the top of the mountain, and now there's like actually like real concerns that like both of the major pieces in this trade are damaged goods. I, I'm actually not, you know, I'm not. There's no like Philadelphia bullshit going on here. Like oh, really? I actually, I'm serious. <laughs> the list of what's happened to Kyrie's left knee since he came into the league is daunting. It's he's got tendonitis. He's fractured the kneecap. This is this. I think the second knee surgery he's had on this knee. Um, he missed the last couple of weeks. And it looks like he's just, he's not going to be able to come back. Now, Justin, you were just saying that there is some talk about the Celtics are going to get some second opinions here. It seems like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it went from like, I what I found shocking is that it went from a minimally invasive procedure, which is what they called it at first, to now in the in the Wars report, it says that they're going to look for other options to, to see how to treat the left knee. There which are is, no minimally invasive yeah. procedures. Yeah, exactly. There's procedures and there's not right. procedures. That, yeah, that's the takeaway from this, especially when, as you mentioned, just the laundry list that Kyrie has like kind of had with his knee. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the big question going forward is how much to react or overreact here because as you mentioned like is this the type of thing that could potentially change the future of the Boston Celtics or is it more of a precautionary measure they looked at the landscape said that maybe this isn't our year and we'll just put them on ice for now and start again new with Gordon Hayward Kyrie and potentially another draft pick to go with them yeah I mean that's the thing that I do find annoying about this is that even if the worst case scenario comes out and you've basically got Kyrie Irving who is going to have to compensate for 
uh, a left knee that always might give out on him or give him trouble, the Celtics are still in a pretty good position because they do have those draft picks, uh, because they do have somebody like Tatum, because they do seem to be able to manufacture uh, guard talent out of late first round, early second round, or undrafted uh, players. Whether it's Terry Rozier, whether it's Shane Larkin, like the guys who were, who are they playing last night? Yeah, it's like uh, Kadeem Allen is getting yeah. some minutes out there. So uh, that's like a deep Arizona basketball cut from yeah. a few years back. Yeah, um, IT, oil, yeah. IT last year. Yeah, I mean, IT essentially last year. in that role. Now you bring up IT, and Haley was just talking about this on our Slack. I thought this was pretty interesting. Is this whole thing sit and sitting Kyrie? And despite all the uh, Instagram videos of Gordon Hayward wearing his hat backwards and taking 19 footers, maybe a little bit more caution on Boston's part this year. You know what I mean? Not rushing people back, not putting people in a situation where they might do some long-term damage. Isaiah Thomas obviously came back for the Celtics last year or played through a hip injury last year for the Celtics in the playoffs, was traded to Cleveland. I'm not a doctor. You could make the argument that he came back a little too early for Cleveland. Maybe he was concerned about getting some tape going for this season so that he could get his free agency contract, was traded to the Lakers and is now going to miss the rest of the season with a after re-injuring his hip. Maybe Boston and maybe Kyrie are playing it a little safer this year. Yeah, I, I would look at it just from the Celtics perspective. It seems like everyone last summer and even before that were pushing them to make the move. And it seemed like they had set themselves up really well in order to make the right move. Mm-hmm. And they decided after they didn't get Paul George, they didn't get Jimmy Butler to go all in on Kyrie. And I think the optimist perspective was just, this is a guy who's still super young. Uh, he has proven himself in the finals. He has another like ceiling to, to really hit here. Now we're seeing kind of the do- downside of kind of pushing your chips all in on one guy already as opposed to maybe waiting another year, waiting for an Anthony Davis, waiting for someone else to kind of shake free. The Celtics really are who they are, and they can still make moves on top of that. But it does start, you do start to wonder, like, is this the team that we thought could rule the East for the next couple of years? I mean, I don't think it's a situation where they should freak out or it's like a doom and gloom situation because, like, Gordon Hayward, you know, still coming back. And I think that kind of set the narrative for the season. You know, Mm -hmm. people love to say this because it's kind of like, okay, since Gordon Hayward got hurt in the first game of the season, it changes from, oh, this could be our year to, you know, let's just see where we where Brad Stevens can lead us with this ragtag group of, uh, you know, players and then just kind of play for next year. But now I think the, 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 the problematic part is the recurring Kyrie thing, which is what you're talking about. I think, you know, how that factors into how much of a burden Gordon Hayward has to take when he comes back or, you know, how it all progresses going forward. But I, I still think they have so many assets and so many... Yeah, let's not cry. Yeah, exactly. That's, got, that's my point. Yeah, they've got two of the best young wings in the game with Jalen and Jason. They've got... They still have a piece of that Lakers pick whenever it winds up conveying to them, depending on on what happens in the lottery. They've got that 2019 Memphis pick could be the first Jeez, pick yeah. in the draft for all we know. Uh, they've also got, like, this... Uh, this probably one of the top three or four coaches in the league who seems to be able to take guys undervalued players and make them into NBA talents. I mean, I, the, does a Terry Rozier-led Boston Celtics have a shot against the Miami Heat is the big question. Yeah. I or think, against the Washington Wizards, which think, is who they're scheduled to... Like, if the season ended today, they'd have right. those guys. I mean, I think you frame it as not a Terry Rozier-led Boston Celtics, but like a Brad Stevens-led Boston Celtics. Sure. I think when you have that, it's more no matter who's in there, they're going to have a shot, I think. Yeah, I guess if we're like recalibrating the expectations, it's all gravy from here. Because mm-hmm. like you said, it's just, yeah. uh, this is essentially the best training sim you can get for your young core yeah. going forward. 
Uh, but it is slightly disappointing because as we've been saying all year, like when is the East going to be this soft? Like we're at the point where we're resigning to the fact that the Cavs are probably going to win again simply because they have yeah. LeBron and that's enough when yeah. the Raptors are, have looked a little shaky, when the Sixers have lost well and beat. So we're getting some questions and Bennett Barber from Periscope uh, asks, if the Raptors don't make the finals, is this now a monumental failure? This is kind of the, this is the trickle down effect of this, right? Because right. now this changes the opportunity for a couple of teams this change this puts a little bit more pressure on some of te- the teams you can't there's no excuses there's no man we got into a game six and Kyrie just took us apart and it's not going to happen you know you the Raptors the Cavs dare I say the Sixers should all expect to at least I think the first two teams should expect to beat Boston and I think the, the mm-hmm. Sixers could go toe-to-toe with it with the Celtics team so how does this change what the outlook is for a team like the Raptors who beat the Celtics last night on Wednesday I think for the Raptors, it doesn't change it a lot because their nemesis, if you will, is not the Celtics. It's, you know, the the Cavs. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, if you were to put them up against any team, Celtics, Heat, Wizards, all those teams kind of in the bottom half of the, of the East, the Raptors should win that series no matter what. I think what they're shooting for is against the Cavs in the conference finals. And I think it is, it would be a huge disappointment. Like, But at the same time, I had this realization the other night while watching the Cavs play the Raptors, like when LeBron turns it on and this we're getting to that point in time, it's like, we're going to get chalk. Like, it's just like, I have no faith in the Raptors as much as I want to believe in, you know, how their system changing and all that, that I still think that I would put my money on the Cavs right now. I mean, we talk about the window pretty much every couple of weeks here, especially in the East. And you look at who they will be up against the Raptors in the next couple of years. All of these teams potentially could get better. Like the Cavs, even they will have this Brooklyn pick coming to them and either they'll get the pick from that or they'll be able to swing that into another guy. Like the, the Pacers have an opportunity to add another guy next to Oladipo and might be a little bit more interesting. The Celtics, as we just mentioned, if Kyrie's healthy and even if he's not, they have Gordon Hayward and more coming. So uh, it's really on the Raptors at this point to kind of figure out their their whole playoff mess and to kind of put this thing together. What Hashtag you- Ringer NBA if you guys have questions. I'm looking at the standings right now and this seven seed becomes incredibly valuable. Like, let's just say mm-hmm. you 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 like your chances against a Boston team that is led by Jalen, Jason, and Horford, and maybe a returning Marcus Smart, whatever. Uh, the Heat and Wizards, mm. I mean, the difference between playing LeBron in the first round and playing yeah. uh, Kadeem Allen in the first round <laughs> is, is pretty big. For, to shuffle back into <laughs> well, that Well, that's the thing is, is that, like, I'm very curious about whether or not, do you try to, like, land on a dime there or do you just 100%. say hey we're going to go through the rest of our season and if we have to play LeBron we have to play LeBron you got to go through him in the first place mm-hmm. if I'm Washington and I get and I get the Celtics in the first round and we win that I mean that's that's yeah, a good that's season all of a sudden for yeah. a Washington team that's been really up and down and has been a couple of different versions of itself this season I think you 100% try to like if you can jockey back into the 17 you do it for the heat I think it's going to be a little tough because they hold the tiebreaker, I believe, over both the Wizards and the Bucks, mm. and they're a half game up on both of them. If I'm if I'm correct on this, um, so it'll they will, they're going to have to lose a couple games to get back into that seven seed if that's what they want to do. Right, and the Wizards, I wonder how much they're going to have to balance just figuring out their team before the playoffs with yeah. John Wall back in there. Yeah, so and the- by the way, for anybody who's wondering whether or not there is any uh, will he or won't he like. Um, you know, Willis Reed limping back onto the court mm-hmm. going on. Irving will undergo surgery on Saturday and need four and a half, four to five months of recovery. Wow. So that's, this is long. This is through the summer yeah. now. So they'll be getting 
Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving back for camp, hopefully. But this is do not expect any any Kyrie coming out there and chucking up shots. You're gonna be seeing a lot of Gordon Hayward jogging videos over the next couple <laughs> yeah. of weeks. To, oh to just I don't do that to yourself, Boston fans. Trust me, as someone who's <laughs> yeah. somebody who's very familiar with watching uh, Joel Embiid like but going one on one with like a trainer for a year. Oh, don't don't do that to yourself. Grainy videos from Qatar. Okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, so we were just talking about the Wizards and the Heat. Do you think who do you think Boston would have a better chance against there? Probably the Heat. Yeah. I mean, the Wizards just have a top end and they also have like the whole retribution thing going on from last year. <laughs> That's and, such yeah. a weak sauce funeral game now. <laughs> yeah. what, are the Wizards <laughs> gonna wear all black <laughs> when, they, when they bury Jalen Brown? <laughs> Stick to your, your bit. Yeah. You know? uh, Stick yeah, to you your got guns it. there. I I think I am a f- if I'm if I'm the Celtics, I'm a little more afraid of the Heat. Mm-hmm. I think they're scrappy. I think like Every, any night, any guy can can you know beat you with 20, 30 points, whatever. And I think the Wizards, I'm still not sure what they are because of just the the, the fluctuation between the injuries and all that. Like the Heat have a really good bench. If depending on how Whiteside plays, they have a really good player playing center and and playing rim protector. If if he does you know play to that level, so I think I, I'm. There's really no good scenario here. I think with either team, just because you're just so injured. If you're the Celtics, but um. I would say I would try to play the Wizards. Not the Heat. Are we ready to talk about the Sixers yet? Yeah, let's I, do it. I, I just let's want to fast it. forward. Yeah, to let's it. do it. Let's talk about the Sixers. This is part. Basically, we were about to go live. Uh, we were about to do the podcast, and we decided to go live to talk about Kyrie. But one of the first things we wanted to talk about were the hottest team in the league, and the I would say the best team in the league since March first, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not. This is not a bit. I'm not. I'm not high on the process. It's propaganda. I'm. I'm like. I'm just reporting, man. (laughs) I'm just reporting the facts. Noted journalist. I'm Nora O'Donnell. So, uh, 12 straight wins. Most wins for this in a season for the team since 2002-2003. Best net rating in the NBA since March 1st. Number two in offense, number four in defense since March 1st. Um, Ben Simmons has won the Rookie of the Year over the last 10 days. Sorry, Donovan Mitchell fans. Um, They can win through adversity. Like, they've missed Embiid for the last, what, week or so? Mm -hmm. They've missed... uh, a Sarge from the last two days with an elbow thing. Markel Fultz took a three last night. Mark, and it off didn't, the front rim. It looked like it could go in for a second. <laughs> and you know who was taking threes at like a very nice clip and making them? One of one of the best ringer employees out there, JJ oh, Redick. Yeah. <sighs> My favorite. Uh, he's on his most field goal attempts per game in his career right now. They are getting high usage rate JJ Redick. He was really hot against Detroit last night. Um... What is the ceiling for the Philadelphia 76ers with Joel Embiid in a face mask? In a face mask. Okay. I'm going to say they are in the conference finals against the Cavs playing in game six. I think that's like playing game five or six, getting to that point and being one of those teams where like, okay, we know who you are. We know how good you are, even though we've seen it throughout the regular season. Next season, it's going to be like the year where you're going to scare everybody and possibly, you know, make a run for it. Okay. I think that's where I see them. Okay. I mean, the reason why I wanted to jump to this segment is I think it, it jives with what we were just talking about there. Let's say. I love you. You're like my favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> you're totally I, my favorite. I appreciate <laughs> that. To be back at you, buddy. Here. Uh, if they jump to the three seed and the Cavs slide to four, then you're looking at potentially a second round series against, let's say, the Boston Celtics or the Washington Wizards mm-hmm. or whoever the mm-hmm. that beat the Celtics. All of a sudden, maybe you're looking at conference finals, Philadelphia 76ers. And at that point, let's say they They have a little confidence. Joel B- Embiid is playing like Kano. Did you like think Kano. Nick Foles was going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> Did you think Villanova was going to win the tournament? Uh, they are having a moment. Look, I, you know what? The thing that's really impressive right now is that um, 
it's it, you just play who you have in front of you. This 12 game win streak is littered with some of the basement teams of the NBA. But as you know, like Memphis went to Port, like Memphis beat Portland the other night. Like these teams are randomly getting victories here and there. You beat who's in front of you, and the Sixers are beating them like pretty. Like they're like pushing yeah. them aside yeah. and it's not like they're pushing them aside and they're the Rockets and they're just like raining threes on dude. They're just, they are like a muscular switchy defensive team. I don't think anybody still, nobody still understands how to play Ben Simmons. I don't, I no. don't even understand how, how you would even go about doing that. I don't know yeah. who you, who you put on Ben Simmons on the perimeter. You cannot guard him with that same person. If he decides to get to the rim, and their shooters are shooting right now. And they got Bellinelli and they got Ilyasova. And they are dangerous. They are a dangerous team. And they have nothing to lose. Simmons is unreal to me because I think, you know, Danny had the great piece a few weeks ago where he talked about watching him and his impact. And it's just like amazing. I was looking at the, some of the numbers and he he's only scored single digits eight times this season. And even in those games where he hasn't impacted them on the board. Yeah they're seven and one. So he's like impact them in, in other yeah. ways. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think also just the way he plays where he's kind of like a back to the basket point guard in a weird way because he does this like weird shift move that kind of throws and it goes back to what you were saying. Like nobody can guard him because they haven't seen a ball handler who does these type of things. And it's really remarkable to watch. I don't have, I wonder if they, I'm sure that SportsView does this or there's something that, that does track this. But one of my favorite things to watch, especially if you just go on YouTube and watch like Ben Simmons highlights from a particular game, which are usually like seven or eight minutes, is a heat map of where he passes from. Because Ben Simmons is like, not since Jason Kidd have I seen someone who passes from farther away from the action mm -hmm. he routinely will be dribbling and be behind the center circle of his of, of like in his half of the court mm -hmm. but moving into the second half and will just one arm whip it to a guy yeah. on the wing or find somebody who's like doing a secondary break cut towards the, the hoop they are able to like expand the court in a way that makes up for a lot of their shooting deficiencies mm -hmm. from the guard position that they do still have you know right because the tough part about guarding him is you want to as Paolo was suggesting back up from him give him the space to shoot but now he has more room to see to orchestrate mm -hmm. and if you're giving him a head of steam that's like kind of the worst thing to happen because he could control his like huge body and so that's well the thing is, yeah. how do you not give him a head of steam right Right. I mean, like it's it's not you, you can't put the point guard or the shooting guard on Ben Simmons because he just is going to see over them. Pretty right. Much. It really comes down to and not to go all Mike Lupica on everyone, but do like, it. Do it. I love Mike Lupica. <laughs> well, <laughs> just wait, wait to get to the point here because it comes down to like the old adage of playoff experience. Yes. Like how much yes. do you actually yes. need? And if they were to make the finals, let's say. Wow. I mean, is it unprecedented for one rookie of the year and another guy who's basically in his extended rookie season yes. based on games played, right. leading them to that? That would be unprecedented. I don't. I don't think that. I think that there are a couple of things that are still true about playoff basketball about distances. I mean, they, one of the things when you watch Simmons and when you watch them play against these bad teams is there's just a lack of defensive intensity among these bad teams that I just think is not going to be the mm -hmm. case. Especially if, even for guys like Redick, guys like Bellinelli yeah. who come off screens and do do catch and shoots, they're just not going to get th like do their little weaves through the yeah. court as easy <laughs> right. in the postseason. We have a couple of questions coming in through social media. Uh, Drew on Periscope, would you say the Sixers have a better future than the Celtics? Um, I think that the Sixers are have like a higher top, like the Embiid Simmons thing could be two generational players, which is basically that's yeah. why you play the, the Game of Thrones, you know? Right. Uh, the Celtics <laughs> have A, way more depth, and B, have shown the ability to make 
the right decisions about personnel in mm-hmm. terms of getting a guy like Jason Tatum, getting a guy like Jalen Brown, finding people like Rogier and Larkin who can fit your system, um, getting Baines, getting Daniel Thies, like these guys where it's just like, I didn't see it. You know, maybe three GMs in the league would have seen a move like that, right. but Danny makes that happen. And they have contributions coming from other places. And let's say they come into next season, Kyrie's healthy, Gordon Hayward's healthy, Al Horford's healthy. That's three all-stars. So that's, they just yeah. have three all-stars, two of which are in their prime. Injuries aside, I think the Celtics have like a better immediate future. The Sixers could be better than the Celtics in four or five years, yeah. I think. I think at, at the beginning of the season, I think we were talking about what rivalries are we excited for, you know, in the next year, in the next few years. And I think I, I remember saying Sixers Celtics, and it's kind of specifically for this reason, because there are going to be such interesting polar, not polar, but just juxtaposed cases going forward yeah. where you're, you're banking on a transcendent, coach if that's what you consider Red Stevens to be or transcendent talent in Simmons and Embiid and, and that that's just such an interesting difference in approach and I think that's going to be fascinating it's, there are two sides of the same coin I, what, what's impressed me a lot about the Sixers from a completely sincere standpoint is the especially over this 12 game stretch their ability to sort of not be blown away by the moment there's not like the this isn't like who can believe this this is great like we're so psyched they're just like yeah like this is we're playing for the playoffs Right. We're trying to win every game we play. And they have, according to 538, uh, O'Hanlon just slacked this to me, a one in five shot at going to the finals. I mean, they're, they're, it's a big moment for them, but I mm-hmm. think they're playing within themselves. And on the flip side, this is going to be a test for the Celtics to kind of deal with a season where they, they had a lot of momentum in the beginning part of the season. They had a win streak. They had a lot of people talking about them as this is there to go to the finals. Could Gordon Hayward come back if they were going to make a deep playoff run? And they're going to have to adjust to, okay, like we're taking a step down for a second. You know, let's have a good showing in the postseason and let's get ready for next season. A couple other questions from social media. Uh, John Lucas Duffy wants to know if the Cavs don't make the finals, LeBron is a lock to leave Cleveland right. Maybe, I guess it depends on the other options on the board there. I mean, we were just we were talking about the Lakers last night during the Spurs game, and there are times where the Lakers look scrappy. You give them LeBron and Paul George, and yeah. all of a sudden that mm-hmm. team could be competitive in the West. But as we were just talking about, the East isn't going to be on the same level as the West going forward. And if LeBron is just looking at the board there, like, yeah, maybe yeah. he can carve out a legacy by winning in the West, but he can keep racking up finals in the East. And I, I wonder if that means more to him. Yeah. I think I think he stays in the East no matter what for at least one more year, and that's probably means he'll just come back to Cleveland. I think he's going to stay in Cleveland for at yeah. least another year. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. he does another one on one. For everybody who's concerned about Bill Simmons, don't be. He's at Augusta, <laughs> so I mean life's life's been pretty sweet. Okay, guys, we're going to end the live portion of our podcast, but we'll be back in just a second to talk about the Western Conference seeding, the Detroit Pistons, and the teams on their way to the lottery. Today's Ringer NBA show group chat is brought to you by the Google Assistant. With the Google Assistant, you can complete over a million actions on your phone, in your car, and around the house like this. Hey, Google, get directions to Major Domo Restaurant. The best way to get to Major Domo by car is via Riverside Drive and will take about 34 minutes in moderate traffic. Download the Google Assistant today. All right, we're back. Group chat, uh, Chris, Paolo, Justin. And guys, you know, I don't want to belabor the Western Conference. This is a very important night. Thursday night, big night for uh, Western Conference playoff seedings because a couple of the teams that are, you know, there's a couple of teams that are right neck and neck. We've Especially this Minnesota-Denver game is going to be huge in terms of uh, uh, whether or not 
A, qualifying for the playoffs and B, seeding. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about the vibe I'm getting from this Western Conference, which beneath Portland, say beneath Utah, because I think Utah has, against all odds, and with Donovan Mitchell leading the team, really exceeded expectations. They were sort of a hipster pick, but they really have like, they've really solidified and made themselves into a force. And the fact that they're in fourth right now is just unbelievable. But beneath that, I don't think any of these teams can be like super happy with their seasons. Mm. Whether it's because of injuries or whether it's because they didn't quite live up to expectations. There's a feeling in the Western Conference, and maybe I'm wrong, of like the beneath the Utah teams of we're clinging on. Like we're hanging on to to dear life here rather than we're playing our best basketball going into the playoffs. Am, am I wrong? Am I am I being too dark? What are we even playing for? What are we <laughs> even <laughs> living <laughs> for? No, I, for me personally, I found it pretty interesting just because like, what else are we doing at this time of the year? Usually it's more about seeding, whereas now there's really kind of a fight or flight thing going on where every game has mattered over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And this last week of the season is going to be more interesting than I can remember. I mean, the, the closest proxy is probably when the Pelicans won in 2015 they beat the Spurs in that last day of the season to make the playoffs and we're kind of lining up for that same sort of thing and on the plus side for the NBA nobody's talking about tanking and the tank race is absolutely putrid this year yes the tank race sucks the it's it some of these teams and I noticed that and we're going to get to some of these tanking teams in a bit but I I I realized that I have not watched Atlanta I think I've watched Atlanta I thought you were talking about the show for a second no the Hawks (laughs) definitely watch the show two or three I've watched Atlanta which is only six episodes in or five episodes <laughs> yeah. in at this point, more than I watch the Hawks. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's true. Yeah, you know, I would like, do the same. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, the Thunder, especially, because I think that they're sort of representative of what I'm talking about here. They're heading into the playoffs. They still have their positive point differential, which a lot of people have poked holes at because of some blowout wins here and there and, 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 and a variety of other things. This team can never decide on who it wants to be. The Roberson... Uh, injury really kind of sapped them of like the I think the most sincere momentum that they had at any given point this season and now they're entering into you know the most crucial part of their season the postseason and I feel like Mello and PG-13 are playing as poor as they've played all season at least Mello to me now I think it's been weird being your friend and coworker because you've really (laughs) poisoned my brain about this guy but just, he's just a flat track bully. Yeah. I mean, he has good games against bad teams and he has bad games against good teams. Am I, is that That's pretty much the read. I'm, I'm just dropping truth bombs here. Yeah. You are. No, I mean, I, I think there, with Melo, the entire story of his career is just like who he is versus like who you perceive him to be. And that yes. just like clash has always been uh, something that hasn't like like the the math of it all hasn't worked in his favor. The Paul George is the more concerning one to me just because he's this is now a trend mm-hmm. where late season swoon Paul George has, has shown up again. Yes. And they need him because he is ostensibly like their best player, if not their one B. He's probably their best all around player, but is you know, he's talked about the mechanics of his shot being off and he's shooting routinely below 40% from the field and and, and often at 25 low 30s not to like ignore this as you know not a factor because it's not great that he's finishing the season up like this unless you're a laker fan but i think i'm still willing to just give him a break and wait for the playoffs for him to turn it on and i think he's the type of player who you know will turn it on the playoffs and kind of has that that vibe where he is built for more or more of that type of atmosphere he did it last year yeah exactly so i mean i'm more worried about mellow i think in that sense because 
not just the fact that he's been so such a liability both offense and defense, but like the narrative seems to be that he has already given up so much. Like, what else does he have to give up anymore? And like, I'm like, he's still playing like 35 minutes a game, and he's not a factor against good teams. He he just hurts them. So I think I'm more worried about how that progresses into the playoffs, whether he plays fewer minutes or more minutes and what that does to the Thunder, who I think have now reverted back to just Russ and Steven Adams pick and roll and having yeah. him score 40 points. I think I'm also concerned about, I just think that like that Golden State game was concerning. I mean, the, Golden, the, the one thing you could say about the Thunder this year was that they at least had the reputation. I, I, I'm not sure if the, the record necessarily proves out this point, but they had big game hunter written on them. They looked like they had a problem getting it together for the mid-tier to lower-tier teams, but like when it came to the Clevelands or the, the especially the Golden States and the Houstons, they were really feisty. But that l- losing 111-107 to Golden State on Tuesday, and it was not as close as that, I didn't think. No, and, and to Paolo's point, like we're seeing good rust lately. Like yeah. the way he's been yeah. operating in the pick and roll with Adams has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. If you watch that game they had on a Sunday evening just against the Raptors, like they couldn't stop Adams on the roll until Adams got hurt. And that's what I've been saying lately is just Adams kind of takes them to another level. And the other disappointment about them overall is just they're the only team amongst this riffraff fighting for four through nine or whatever it is, four through eight. And they're the only one that could probably take it to another level. Yes, they're that's the only, the team, only that, team that is like of the East where we're like, oh, it's a seven-team race in the East. In the in the West, it's it's really a four-team race with the Thunder being that fourth team. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I, I, there are there are days in which I feel better about the Thunder than I do about the Blazers as a playoff team. And then there are days where I'm like, the Thunder might not get out of the first round. This the seating is very interesting in in the West, especially because practically nothing separates nine through four. You know, I mean, there, you, right. that could still switch in these last four or five games that we have left. But if I'm the Thunder, I really would like to get, I'd, le- I'd like to get that, <laughs> I'd love to get that four or five seed if I'm the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd like to, I think the Thunder would do fine against Utah. I think yeah. that that would be uh, like the kind of team that they could play against. San Antonio is so strange to me, especially just because there is still the X factor of Kawhi, although if this season has told us anything, it's not to get your hopes up yeah, when it I'm, comes to injuries. I was watching them yesterday against the Lakers, a game that they 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 screwed up on and they they let slide in overtime. And I was watching earlier in the game and I was like, man, this is this is basketball at its purest. It was just like a bunch of scrappy dudes just running a system. There's a certain beauty to like the like the consummate underdog. There's just like, like blog posts from yeah. 2013. <laughs> 100%. But then like as the game degenerated into more just like crunch time closer mentality. Yeah, that's where they it, miss Kawhi. And it was like yeah. DeJounte Murray trying to figure things out on the fly. And yeah, he's like and then, this like sprightly little guy just like floating around the floor trying yeah. to figure things out. It was like it was bad. And I think that's what they're up against. I think I think that's a very good point in terms of the crunch time minutes because we saw so many times last year where Kawhi was... We we called him Kobe at one point. It was just how he would take over late yeah, games. Sure. And I think now it's just, who do you go to? Because LaMarcus is just, I don't, he's never really proven to be that guy. So I think it's just like a weird, really weird team. LaMarcus ISOs are the most confusing play on the court in 2018 because they take like 15 yeah. seconds to operate where he backs them down slowly. And then he still needs to do a turnaround Love jumper from like pound. 15 feet. It's it's a weird vibe going with the Spurs. It's right a here. really, it's, it's, it's a fine play to rely on for the first two and a half, three quarters. And then when you get to the fourth quarter, yeah. you just, you, you really are counting on a lot of luck with like, not luck, but like just LaMarcus turnarounds in the fourth quarter is not a recipe for postseason success. All right. Is there anybody, give me the team that you're most confident in 
from Utah down to the Clippers here before we go? I would just say Utah. I mean, I think yeah. in terms of like them being able to secure the best seed and thus like the highest probability of moving on to the next round, mm-hmm. it's going to be Utah. Although, as I've been talking with Danny Chow about in the office, like we are a little bit concerned that they could do something in the playoffs considering a lot of what they've done is based around defense and specifically Rudy Gobert, who... It might be able to take. You might be able to take advantage of bring him out into the in perimeter a, in, a in a small series. ball situation. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm willing to give the Timberwolves with Jimmy Butler, like my confidence, just because. In this terms is of, another guy, though. It's like if not yeah. now, when? If not yeah. now, when are you coming back? Right. If you're not ready now, are you? Your team is is essentially a game away from falling out of playoff contention. This is a team that they haven't. When's the last time they've been to the playoffs? Like fourteen years. Yeah. yeah. Like this is the year. Like. If Jimmy's not ready now, I don't know what the big, like, the big, oh, is yeah. that Jimmy Butler's music guy here? Like, moment is, right? <laughs> Isotage. They're playing oh Denver tonight. They need Jimmy yeah. Butler. Yeah. That's um, a point. In a weird way, you know, Denver is probably the, the hottest team other than, you know, they've won three in a row. They're six and four in their last 10. They have a pretty decent point differential for a team that's in ninth. Uh, it's better than the Pelicans, but I do not trust this team nope. as far as I can throw Nikola Jokic. I, th- <laughs> I think I'm just going to go with the Thunder. I d- I'm just going to go with the Thunder because I, you know, if, when in doubt, put your trust in guys who have been there before like Russ and, and PG. And I think that, I, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I think that they're going to get past Portland or right. Utah in the first round. Right. The only yeah. thing I would add is just like, I want to see playoff Anthony Davis again. But having said that, like they've been really shaky up until last night when they beat a Memphis team that has nothing to play for. Yeah. yeah. Don't also, don't, Memphis, don't count out the Clippers just yet. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. You're not wearing an in-ear monitor, so I don't know how Isaac told you that. Uh, we're going to take a really quick break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be back to talk about some non-playoff teams. Today's episode of NBA Group Chat is brought to you by The Ringer Merch. You read us, you listen to us, occasionally you watch us. Why not wear us? We have exciting news for all the Ringer heads out there. The Ringer has new merchandise with a shiny new storefront that you can check out right now. We have hats, hoodies, and even an exclusive Shea Serrano disrespectful dunk t-shirt. Your friends will be low-key jealous when they see you strutting down the street in an official Ringer zip-up hoodie. Low-key? They might straight up just snatch that from you. Go to theringer.com slash shop to pre-order merch now. These are limited-run items, much like Supreme, and will not last long. So once they're gone, they are gone. Again, check out theringer.com slash shop to pre-order your official Ringer merchandise today. You can also find the link to the Ringer web store in the show notes. And now back to group chat. All right, guys, we're back. I want to talk a little bit about how we'd fix the Pistons. Eliminated from playoff contention last night by the Philadelphia 76ers. um, And might be now... I watched this game. I was like, this this team might be in one of the biggest jams in the league. Uh, yeah, they've got themselves. They've they've obviously given all this power to Stan, but I feel like that power is sort of becoming undone. Uh, Arn Tellum uh, will probably move over to the basketball side of things, if I had to guess. And I would imagine that Stan will be relieved of his GM duties, if not both his GM and coaching duties. They have, I think, something like seventy four million tied up with. Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, and Andre Drummond. Wouldn't want any of those players. 84 nope. if you bring in John Lawyer. Lawyer? John Lawyer. John Lawyer. John Lawyer. He's the Joe Prunty of, of, of wingmen. <laughs> uh, 
I don't. You start playing around with the trade machine. Oh, and by the way, uh, they only keep their pick if it's one through four, and they only have a two point five percent chance of getting in the top three of the lottery. Lovely. Otherwise, it goes to the Clippers. Nice trade. Um, so the cavalry is not coming. They have no money for free agents, and they have a lot of guys on like way too much money for what they're giving them. And I don't even know what you can get for the top end of this roster. And nobody's showing up to watch them. Yeah. 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 And no one's in showing up stadium. to watch them in their new stadium. Jeez. It's as bleak as it can get yeah. because yeah. it's not even the type of team that... It's not that... like the Hawks where it's like, well, we can just like, we'll just overpay yeah. for whatever free agents ra- around. Or we're just like content with this scrappy seven seed type of team and then like the, the fan base will get around it but, and right. they'll build an identity kind of like the, the great and crying group. Blake Griffin says it's a properly run organization though so I have you have to give him that at least. Oh, he's, he's loving it in Detroit. He's probably just found a comedy store that he can go to and, <laughs> and right. just bide his time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He's really working his material in the <laughs> in the, de- the suburban <laughs> Detroit area. Yeah. I, I don't know what to do here. You yeah. want to trade Andre Drummond for Harrison Barnes? Like knock yourself out. You want to I can't find anyone who's like please let me get this antiquated, you know, no matter how offensively productive Andre Drummond is, I can't find a, a team that's like, oh, sure, we'd love to give up some assets for Andre Drummond. Blake Griffin is is practically dead money at this point. I, I hope he has like some redemptive seasons, yeah. but can you could you name a single team that would take him for anything? And then Reggie Jackson is Reggie Jackson. I feel like you can find a Reggie Jackson on the end of the Celtics bench. I was thinking about it in the way that, you know, how do you, and I wonder what you guys think, what is the best team to try and build around Blake Griffin? You there know is no saying? team. That's, That's what like, I'm saying. It was no, the no, Clippers no. and they traded him. Right, like, but, but, but what I'm saying is it's just, it just shows again why I feel like the oh, trade was Oh, what's the such, best team to put yeah, around yeah, him? What's the best team to put around him? Like, what does that look like? Because That's if, the question. Yeah, because it, it puts the Pistons in a tough position of trying to answer that question while just the, like, just a few months ago, they were trying to do that same thing but build around Andre Drummond. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, now they have kind of have these two guys who... You have they to hope. You have to hope that someone. I don't know who pushed for the for the Blake Griffin trade for the Pistons. I don't know if that was a Stan idea right. and he was like, "I need talent. I want Blake Griffin," or if that was a Gore's idea that was like, "We need to get some butts in the seats in this place." We can't. Based on what Stan has done his entire GMing career, it was probably him it was because probably it's Stan. the type of short sighted move where he doesn't see the big picture and the, how they relate to the each Blake other. Griffin trade. Obviously, now the only way you could ever move on from him and and his contract is so big that I don't even think someone like say Sarver would get seduced by mm. a oh you know in Phoenix we have this great med staff let's bring Blake Griffin in let's energize it let's it's like bringing Barkley in twenty years ago or whatever they did or more than that now and it's like. You nobody would nobody would go for that trade. Not even Sarver would get seduced into getting Blake Griffin. So they're screwed. They are screwed. Yeah. If they they have to pray basically to get into that top top four, unless uh, otherwise it converts over to the Clippers. But I want to talk a little bit about some of these other teams that are in the lottery because if you don't want to be if you don't want to be Detroit, who else do you want to be? I watched a little bit of uh, Suns Kings. I somehow found myself being like, oh, you know what? Suns have some guys. <laughs> The Suns have some guys. Have a sure. bunch of guys, you know. I mean, I still feel like there's a lot of Tyson Chandler happening, but mm. I think there's a problem when you watch the Suns where you just see a lot of more, like the highlights only tell you what you want to see about Marquise Chris. Yes. Mm. But I was like, okay, there's a couple of things happening here. Josh Jackson's coming on at the end of the season. You've been checking for him for a while, right? Yeah. And I think if you were looking at their situations to say which one is better, it's probably the Suns because they have a few guys. I personally find them a little detestable because they're the type of tanking team that doesn't want to admit that they're tanking. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're the type of team that would probably like 
throw their nose up at the Sixers and Sam Hinkie when they're doing the exact same thing, only worse because they keep making bad trades. Right. Having said that, they well, they're just good at being like, we're in the market for Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah. Right. Even though it's like, or Kyrie. are you? Like, <laughs> right. And they yeah. have Booker is a certifiable future all star. And I saw, I don't know how legit this is because I saw it on my like Instagram discovery page, but wow. someone was like, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, the new Kobe and Shaq. And hey, I was can like, can I ask you guys, oh, okay. Sidebar. Yeah. Was there a little too much like, it's the year anniversary of Devin Booker scoring 70? People Did are you doing notice- that. Yeah, didn't they you see did. that? Like, like on like a lot of sites, it was just like, "Where were you when Devin Booker scored seven? Like, this is a Kennedy assassination. Booker. He like Chuck. Like, I mean, he, somebody points is a lot. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But That's like, like it's it's not saying it's warranted. I'm just trying to present a case. Okay, here. I just think we coronate these things a little too easily now. Sure. Yeah. So I think I feel the best about the Suns. Memphis is a mess. Let's talk briefly about that ownership situation. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've had this buy-sell option that has been looming for about a year. Can you explain what the buy-sell option is just for people, say, who don't understand what that is? Yeah, essentially, it's, like me. They're, <laughs> they're, they have a majority owner, but they're two minority owners. There was a stipulation in the contract they originally signed where I believe it was before the season, around October of this season, where the, they, could, uh, they could opt into a clause that required Para to opt either buy out their shares of the team or it would set the price so that they could claim majority owner. So Mm -hmm. effectively it it turns three owners into one and we're getting to the point here where one needs to be decided upon and that's going to have cascading effects on who they hire as their next coach, what direction they go into the future. Yeah. You almost forget that they fired David Fisdale very early on the season. And now they have Bickerstaff who it seems like, the the prudent approach would be to find a young coach to maybe take them and start fresh. But do you really, if you just paid an even heftier price for this fan- franchise, are going to want to shell out yeah. more to pay other guys and Fizdale and hire a new coach? I mean, this is a whole other conversation, which is the amount of coach up people that we could see this yeah. season. You could see Detroit, Memphis, you could see Phoenix, you could see Milwaukee, Orlando, all these mm-hmm. places having openings. I say nothing of the fact that there might be a, you know what, we're moving on from Alvin Gentry, you right. know what, we're moving on from, I mean, not Billy Donovan, but... Ty Lue's health status. Ty Lue's health status. That I mean, Tibbs is not going gonna to go anywhere yet, but like that's still like, that doesn't seem like it's going great. You know, I and mean, there's a lot of openings that can Jay Wright's going to get a lot of calls. Yeah, Tony summer. Bennett's going to get yeah, a lot Tony of calls. Bennett, and there's, I'm guys. sure there's a ton of assistants out there. And, you know, so of these teams, have you guys had a chance to watch any Grizz or Hawks or Magic recently? Fuck no. <laughs> the Hawks are probably yeah, the say. most naked tank job I've seen in a really long yeah. time. It's pretty, it's pretty, I, I, I almost respect it. I won't watch it, but no. it's... I was watching them the other night. It's like a lot of like, is wait, is Wayne Selden on the Hawks of the? Grizzlies? No, no, he's on the Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, it kind of blends well, yeah. together. Okay. Pal yeah. is an expert of these yeah, guys yeah. now. We just <laughs> well, right there's, there's, like a, there's like a lot of these ten day contract guys. Like I wrote that Kentucky piece yeah. about you know the French uh, former Kentucky guys, and suddenly within you know a few weeks of that, Marcus T got picked up. All uh, of them by, are on NBA the Grizzlies. Yeah, uh, yeah, Aaron Harrison is on the Grizzlies. All these guys who are they're bringing, and I think somebody made a really interesting point, which is like if you're if you're trying to tank, you don't bring in guys who are on ten day contracts who are like this is like they're fighting for their lives and are going to probably play. I mean, they're still might not be that good, but you know, it's it's an interesting thing to think about how the Grizzlies because they they beat they beat the Blazers and they beat Pelicans or they they beat another playoff team where it was like right. huge 
bad loss for mm-hmm. the, the, the playoff team and also just like a bad win for the Grizzlies. So, I mean, to bring it back to the Hawks, I think I would still be like between the Suns and them. I think I might lean over to the Hawks a little bit well, because they have two guys who are promising in Torian Prince and John Collins who could be like the maybe like the third or fourth best guys t- guys on a, on a team. Which, how how what, what where would you put Torian Prince if he was on the Suns? I think Torian Prince would be like the fourth or fifth best player on the Suns. Maybe third or fourth best player. I, I'm kind of into I would say Torian second Prince. or third. Yeah, I'm kind yeah, of like into two Torian 38 Prince. point games. I can't tell you. I didn't watch Torian uh, <laughs> Prince this year. I'm not. I'm trying to be a dick. I'm just no, like no, he, no, no, no. Yeah, he's just he's he's had a, a few moments scoring wise over the back end of the season, and also he's like the type of player you want, where he's a three and D sort of guy, and right. Uh, he's he's big for his yeah. position, and so he could potentially slide he's down. Better than TJ Warren. <laughs> Potentially, yes. Yeah. Who like is from nineteen ninety five? Also, have some coaching continuity, I guess. I mean, I think that, that I think that I wouldn't cl- be so sure about that. Okay, well, the clash here is just if I'm Bud and like one of these bigger jobs opens up. Let's sure. see, Ty Lue leaves Cleveland. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you I know mean, what, what? What about your Bud? You want to sit around for five more years in Atlanta when you're not the president anymore? No, or you want to go to Milwaukee and coach Giannis? That's fair. The clash with these guys, like this, is not nobody wants to stay there. The Brett Brown thing is like a wild outlier. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Dudes don't survive rebuilds. Yeah, I think the clash with a lot of these teams is just like who had the stomach to tank fully. Yeah. Like whereas the Hawks have a clean slate that you can move forward with, some of these teams are just compromised with some of the contracts they have in their books. Yeah, you're Orlando, right. mm-hmm. Memphis. Yeah. And so when I look at these teams, I would not only look at that but also market. Like Phoenix has had some luck in the past procuring meetings with top level guys. I think Lamarcus Aldridge and it's almost still a Blake relatively Griffin. desirable place to live and work. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Atlanta the same thing. Like they they don't draw well uh, from a fan standpoint, but you could see guys if the right situation was there, if they had the potential to play for the finals. I think like they guys drew would want to go there for that team for the Corver four or five all star team or whatever. It was. Sort of. They it's, did all right. It's a weird market there where it's just like there's not much of a of a fan base to, to draw from. Hmm. All right. All right. So I think we're feeling probably the best about Phoenix, although Paolo is sounding some hope for Atlanta. Uh, I will not be on next Thursday, so Justin will be your captain, but uh, the playoffs are upon us, so expect a lot more group chat. Probably getting it a little earlier in the day as well. We'll try to do some more live hits during the playoffs. Until then, shout out to Isaac, Paolo, Justin. We're gone. Basketball is very good. Basketball is very good.